All righty. I think this is our last big show of the year, and you guys have some real doozies that are <laughs> making a lot of uh, people talk. Um, so the Public Health Agency discloses, I don't know if they really disclosed or they were caught, but they disclosed that they're monitoring lockdowns by tracking 33 million mobile devices. And so cell tower locations were used to, quote, understand the public's responsiveness during lockdown measures and understand, I guess, the links between the movements of populations within this country. And of course, it was a program to be open and transparent, yet of course, we're only learning about it now because of you guys. Year and a half later. They were tracking those ping, ping, pings off the cell towers as people went about their business. They didn't need that information, Alex. They Mm. already knew the lockdowns were successful. Anyone who walked down the street in their town could see that. And they saw gas tax revenue fall 12%. It fell like a stone. People bought less gas. They stayed home. They didn't need that information. We can't get a straight answer on why they wanted it. It's They say it was anonymized, which means they were not literally following and keeping track of every Charlene and Jerry as they drove to the grocery store or went to work. But why would a federal agency, least of all the Public Health Agency of Canada, need that information? Well, the one answer is because they could get it. And that's where we are with privacy. Yeah. In this pandemic, government agencies will go for this data, not tell anybody, just because they can. Right. And some people will say, well, you know, it's a sign of the times. Who cares? Everyone's watching everybody. We've got cameras everywhere. Well, that's not the point. The point is, if you're tracking people and their movements, then be honest about it. Otherwise, don't do it um, because it's not transparent if the media is finding out about it. It's one thing if you disclose it, but they didn't disclose it. And then you wonder, you know, why so many people are worried about Huawei getting approved because, you know, who would love to get their hands on our data? China. Well, this is the thing, Alex, and, I, you know, I don't want to – I'm not going to make a speech. You know, privacy rights are but like – But you could – Free expression on the, you know, against, (laughs) as advocates put it, against regulation of the Internet. You only know when you lose it and then it's too late. Mm -hmm. I have a news Mm -hmm. flash for those people who say, you know, this is a great country. I have nothing to fear. It's not about fear. This is your information. When you leave your house, that's your business. Where you drive in your car is your business. And what you say on your Facebook post is no one's business. That's the problem. This pandemic has seen government overreach like nobody's business. And the implication is it becomes an addiction for these people, Alex. Once they get that little taste of what you're up to, it's very hard for governments to give that up. Don't come later and say, oh, now I get it about privacy rights. These are fights you have to have all the time every day. Yeah, I mean, uh, freedom's great until it's gone. And, and and we have gotten, I think, way too comfortable with just uh, kind of shrugging at all, all the overreach that we have seen by governments. Um, and, and it is a problem. And I don't know why we're so complacent about it. But this should be pretty outrageous, especially by the agency, as you well know, the same agency that hired and allowed uh, the Chinese military to go into our uh, top secret Winnipeg lab and some Chinese scientists to walk off with our intellectual properties and go back to China with, uh, you know, viruses. I mean, this public health agency has been such a colossal failure during this pandemic, and you guys have reported on it. Uh, Yeah, it just doesn't bode well for, for, for their explanation here. Well, they've gone through three presidents in two years and two ministers. I mean, what does that tell you? They didn't have the brains to run a mask warehouse.
But they want to monitor <laughs> the, the, the activities of 33 million wireless mobile account holders. The, you know, Alex, the, the implication of this is normalization of loss of privacy. Yeah. Anne Kavokian, former Ontario Privacy Commissioner, said, you know, whatever you think about vaccination, when you mandate that people must disclose their medical status to access public services, you're normalizing a breach of really rather intimate personal information, your health status. That's the problem. This all becomes normalized. So government's just going to do this as a matter of course from here on in. It's, it's quite alarming, actually. Yeah, if I could read Ann Kavukian's thought bubble, it would probably say, oh, my God, this is outrageous. But that's my guess. Um, I want to ask you quickly um, about the pandemic aid that was marched out today by the federal government. Um, and I was curious because you did a lot of reporting just last week, the fact that, you know, Christopher Freeland rushed through this pandemic aid bill uh, that ended up not being what was talked about or voted on by the MPs. It actually ended up being billions of dollars more. But they keep saying that they had seen this coming, that they saw Omicron coming, and yet, well, they didn't factor it into that spending. So the money announced today, is that above what was uh, pushed through last week? They say it's not, but, you know, that and... You can take you can't take that to the bank, Alex, because their their accounting is all over the map. So they you know billion here, billion there. Pretty soon you're talking real money. Their accounting is pretty loose. Remember this, Kevin mm-hmm. said it wants to cut the deficit by 180 billion next year. That, they said that on the radio. Everyone heard it. Mm-hmm. Cut the deficit by 180 billion, which no government has ever done in 153 years. Oh, by the way, the Senate just gave itself a five and a half percent budget increase so there's Mm -hmm. they're not minding the dollars it's a little bit it's a little bit it's like giving the teenager the keys to the liquor cabinet it's a little bit loose these days a little yeah when 600 billion dollars is reportedly not accounted for and it's met with a shrug in this country we got some very big problems tom and as you know it is being met with a shrug can you imagine once upon a time a 16 dollar orange juice would get you fired from your job now if 600 billion can't be accounted for it's like oh well they tried I, and i'm sure bev oda is filled with a sense of irony <laughs> whenever she she hears yeah. that sorry god bless your bed where are you happy christmas to yeah. you bev <laughs> oh, she's smoking out there somewhere going, gee, really? Really? I should have been in government now. Um, I want to talk about this because I think this is a really interesting story and it won't get a lot of attention, but uh, there's a big public feud over a six-figure salary paid to a very small-town doctor who's uh, gone to court on a defamation matter. It's an Owen Sound physician who I guess is the best paid in uh, health officers in Canada. He made twice as much as the health minister, Jean-Yves Duclos. His name's Dr. Ian Ara. And he's in Gray Bruce Health Unit. Six hundred and thirty-one thousand dollars he's paid, plus sixteen hundred in benefits. I mean, his salary, Tom, went up sixty-four percent before the year before. He serves one hundred and sixty-two thousand people. I mean, that that to me, like, how is he making so much money? Yeah, I know it's it's absolutely stupefying. It, it's interesting. Uh, Doctor Er is not a party in the defamation suit. The people who are are public office holders who start who found out his pay through the Sunshine List and went berserk. And there was a bit of a jaw jaw at, at council in uh, uh, up in Owen Sound, and that thus the defamation suit between the chair of a board of health and a counselor. But the the money, I will think of this doctor in Owen Sound, the next time I hear someone talk about how public health is the poor boy 
of public services. How often have we heard that? They, they're not any good now. But if they could just get more money, they'd be really good. The public Jeez. health agency has made that argument fully funded, $675 million, and that was before the pandemic annually. This guy making Jeez. two over twice what the Minister of Health makes. It's a living. In Grey Bruce, not to mention, not in like downtown Toronto or in, uh, nah, that's, that's quite a job if you can get it. And just quickly, uh, let's end on this. Environment Minister Stephen Gable had, um, has now postponed this national ban on plastic, uh, bans, I guess, forks and other goods. Now it's been bumped back to 2024. Uh, so this has been reported that it's going to happen in 2022. Now it's 2024. Um, what's the story on that? Well, the, they, they moved plastic forks <laughs> way up to the top of the blacklist. And a lot of people yeah. don't know. They, they actually declared plastics as toxic under the Canadian Environmental Protection Act, manufactured plastics, the toys your children will open from Santa on Christmas. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, what happened was uh, the plastics manufacturers took them to federal court. A judgment is pending. <laughs> that always focuses mm. the mind. And so, uh, he, uh, God bless him, Steve Gibo was wrestled to the ground by a plastic fork. All of a sudden, the fork man looks looks pretty pretty <laughs> controversial. Oh, you would think like maybe going to war with Russia and all that is a bit more important, but nonetheless, the plastic fork lives to tell, lives to go in another mouth for another day. Um, Tom, I've got to leave you on that note because I'm out of time. I thank you so much. Absolutely love working with you. Um, and of course, I wish you and Holly the very merriest of Christmases. We'll talk in uh, 2022. A very happy Christmas to you and your whole gang as well, Alex. Thank you. Thank you. That is Tom Korski, one of the best in the biz and doing a lot of work, digging up a lot of stuff that does not ever get a headline in this country. If you are looking for a stocking stuffer and you've got someone who absolutely loves political stuff and knows what's going on, that is a great stocking stuffer. They are subscription-based and no one comes close to them.